The Jerry DePoto Show, presented by Seattle Pump and Equipment on Seattle Sports. Hi, Jerry. Good morning. Good morning, guys. What's happening? Happy birthday. I'm told yesterday was your birthday. It was, in fact, a, a, a wonderful day all the way around. Mariners win, little win streak here, three in a row. You got an opportunity for a nice four-game sweep today. You must be in a pretty good place. Yeah, I, I think, you know, even overall, it's it's sometimes, and I know you hear me preach this week after week, it's such a long season. But, you know, you look up, and in the month of May, I, I think only the Yankees and the Rangers in the American League have a better record. So it's where, unfortunately, I think the expectation is perfection, but sometimes progress works, too. Mm. Yeah, well, it's been pretty much perfection with that uh, slinger <laughs> last say. night. I Are mean, you he's... sure we can't go with perfection? <laughs> Bryce Miller seems to be just fine with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw some of the, uh, the 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 information that was hitting the the social media channels last night as his outing was was finishing up, and I particularly saw the information that Sarah Lang sent out about. Uh, you know, six inning outings of, of five base runners or less. And I just thought it was fascinating and, and so fun for Bryce and for for that to happen, you know, or for him to achieve that in his first five major league starts is, is pretty remarkable. And, you know, we're, we're fortunate to have so many good arms, and not just on our big league club, but throughout our organization. And, and it really has carried us through these first couple of months. Jerry, of all those stats, the one that jumped out to me was the .5 whip. And, I mean, you had, a, you had a good career. You pitched for eight years in the big leagues. Your career, do you know your career whip? No, but it's going to be multiple times, Bryce Miller. Well, yours, <laughs> yours was 1.51. His is .51. You allowed it one more batter per inning than he has so far. That's .5 whip? Of all the things, I saw that, and I just, like, I almost fell over. That's He's not putting anybody on base ever. No, I, th- I, I think it's safe to say that, that if you if you searched whip uh, and started at .5, it would, you won't find anybody lower than that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a, it's an insane number. And, you know, again, for him to be doing that at this stage of his career, is, it's not just encouraging. It's he's already pitching like a top-of-the-rotation starter. And, and when you add that to, you know, Luis Castillo and George Kirby and Logan Gilbert, it's, it's just such a, a fun time to watch our – really watch our team sling it because every night you see something special. Yeah, I felt like last night I should have been taken off of a text stream. Uh, we, I was in a text conversation <laughs> with uh, with a couple baseball people, and they start talking torso tilt and spine angle and arm angle as they were trying to find a comp yeah. for Bryce Miller. And maybe it was passing and sulk. Maybe it wasn't. I don't want to air their business out there. But if you were to find if you were to find a comp for Bryce Miller delivery stuff, is there somebody that comes to your mind over the last few decades in baseball? You know, I, there really isn't anybody who comes to mind. I think this style of pitching, you know, the, the, and Bryce is about as as modern a pitcher you can be with the high spin rates and the the, the riding fastball. It's just not a, a common skill set when you go into the wayback machine. It's it's more of a modern, I guess, menu of pitches and, and execution. You know, the body type you could find many guys. You know, right now, if I had to pick a guy, body type, the command he's shown, the consistency in the strike zone, the velocity with the life to the fastball, be it you know more riding than not. I'd say Brett Saberhagen. Uh, you know when. 
when Saves first came up with the the Royals, the the precision that he had in the strike zone with that kind of live stuff and you know the wiry athletic body. You know, there's he's got some of that in him, but uh, I don't know that anybody I could compare anybody to what he's done through these these five outings and and it, it brings me back to something that I always remember Bill James you know the the big baseball historian sabermetrician has always said that the, a player's uniqueness is really what drives his value and, and Bryce is unique I see a little Roy Oswalt I love the Sabes conver- uh, comparison I see a little Roy Oswalt in the way he throws the fastball sort of that the the, the downhill long stride and all of that yeah, I could see it. And again, I think you took pieces of of a lot of players in that in that genre. You know, the athletic righty with the really fast arm who's, you know, right now that part of the equation is just filling up the strike zone. And that's something that Roy always did. It's something that Saberhagen always did. I, I I'll take I'll take the outcomes for any of those guys. Yeah, that okay. certainly appears to be what he's given them. So so can you take me back to when double A? You're, you're you're watching him in double A a couple of weeks ago. The numbers aren't good from a, you know, right. He's got like a five ERA or whatever it is. These sort of outward facing numbers aren't good. What were you guys seeing in double A that might've led to what we're now seeing here in the big leagues? So you're familiar with our, our shove scores and all of, you know, at least in theory, what goes into those shove store scores, we are always looking at, you know, the metrics, we call them our pitch grades, and, you know, at the time that we were contemplating adding Bryce to the big league staff, you know, we're weighing a body of work. You know, his time in the minor leagues, particularly the 2022 season, was awesome. You know, one of the highest strikeout pitchers in, in professional baseball, but certainly in the minor leagues, I think top 10. Um, the physical stuff is excellent and has been for quite some time now. The command has continued to come. And then in those brief few starts in Arkansas, after what we thought was a really good spring training, you know, the pitch grades were just off the charts good. You know, we if we qualify green as, as good, red as bad, he was bright green. And the action he was creating, the locations he was throwing to, and effectively dominating the things that he could control. And, and you know, that's what we're looking for when we're, when we're assessing is – what, how is he managing himself on the mound? Is he executing the things that he can, can control? And, and he was no doubt doing those things. And, and, you know, the results are the results. So we look at the expected results versus the actual results, and his expected was incredibly good. And, and the actual result was just meh. And, and we, make our, we tend to make our decisions more on what the underlying information is suggesting and that, that Bryce was actually dealing. His ERA said something differently. Do we uh, have an internal kind of innings count for him? I know with Kirby and Logan last year and even heading into this year, there was a lot of conversation of still trying to protect their total number of innings. Is he going to be a guy we'll have to watch? No, a start to start. He's, you know, Bryce had a full buildup to get here and, you know, he was unlike George and Logan before him. He was not a player that was that was you know really affected in the same way by the 2020 season. You know, he followed 2020 with a with a full you know, college schedule and and then a minor league progression in 21, a full season in 22, and and we feel like he's he's athletic, he's strong, he maintains his velocity, and there's really no reason to to put a cap on it. We'll just manage it start to start. 
Uh, we got a, a almost a full week here of Jose Caballero playing in almost every one of those games. I know he had one night off, hit a bunch of home runs, stole a bunch of bases. What did you make of a week of Jose Caballero? Uh, just such a smart baseball player. And it's, a, it's again, you know, beyond his years and experience, it, it, at least it seems. You know, he plays like someone who's played thousands of games at this level. And, you know, his on-field awareness, his instincts on the bases in the batter's box for game situations is is just off the charts good. And he's brought a lot of energy to our team. It's been, you know, it's been fun to watch. He's made all the plays at second base. It's the, the, the quality of the at-bat has just been excellent, really since he's been called up. But... You know, now he's adding a little bit of power to the mix, which in spring training, I joked with him, you know, he, he just hit a towering home run to left field in Peoria one day. And I said, I, I didn't realize you had that in your bag. He said, Oh yeah, watch. <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, if you watch, if you watch Cavi's VP, it's real. You know, he, he pummels balls. He hits balls out in the pen off the back of the bullpen wall and, and batting practice. And, and now, as he gets comfortable in the box in the big leagues, he's, you know, he's showing that that can be part of his game too. And I don't think he's going to be a 30 homer hitter, but if that's part of his game with the strike zone judgment he has and, and contact ability and all fields approach, he just, he is such a pest in the batter's box. And, and that really makes your lineup long. Kind of like that. Oh yeah. Watch. <laughs> I mean, I think every time you look at him, that's kind of what he brings to the table, no matter what he is doing. How many Jose Caballeros are there out there? I mean, how, how many guys like yeah. the, you know, I mean, what he has done this season just kind of leaves you wondering, man, where did that come from? The, I mean, baseball is littered with, you know, young players, prospects who are overlooked or not given enough respect for, for what they do. You know, we, we've been on this, this session for 10 minutes and we talked about two of them, you know, I th- only very recently has the world kind of been alerted to how good we think Bryce Miller is. And, and similarly with Tabby, it's, you know, we acquired him as an A-ball player back in 2019. He didn't have a lot of, of professional track record, but, you know, something interesting, I was talking with a, a couple of people down on the field yesterday who aren't associated with the Mariners, but do have uh, professional baseball connections and been around the, the, the major league game for a while. And, you know, one asked me, tell me about Jose Caballero. And, and uh, you know, the, his, his partner said to him, ah, he's been a good player since college. Nobody noticed. And, and I, I, tell me about him. Yeah, you know, this is, this is interesting. You know, he, he dominated at Chipola junior college. He's been an excellent player through the minor leagues and, and even statistically what you're seeing now in his performance is pretty much on par with all of the rates, the hard hit rates If everything lines up with what he's done throughout his minor league career. So I, I think we're just seeing how good Jose Caballero is. So taking that into account and then taking into account that, that Dylan Moore seems to be heading towards uh, a, a chance to get back to the big league club. I think Justin said, what, maybe at some point on this homestand. I know that you wouldn't be able to tell us what move would be made at that point and who the heck knows what health is going to be, et cetera. But how will you go about making that decision in terms of you know who who stays with the club to make room for Dylan Moore? Oh, we'll do the right thing for the club and the big picture. But the, and a lot of that just comes down to the functionality of the players and how they all fit together. But you know, I, I think it goes without saying that what we've seen here over this last month, especially, but you know, from the moment he's been called up to the big league, Cabby's kind of earned his spot, and it's uh, it's his time, uh, and he's taken 
the best advantage of this opportunity that you can possibly take. And we'll let the roster play itself out over the next week or 10 days and determine what the right thing to do is. But yeah, it's a, in the meantime, we'll just keep writing Cabby's name in the lineup. You know, it's it's interesting, Jerry, if Bryce and Cabby and Julio and Kirby and Kelnick are all the faces of your DDT, your draft, develop, and trade, just the essence of your organization. You know, what the Rangers are doing, you mentioned the Rangers both now in, in April and in May continue to do what they're doing. Is it fair to characterize them on the other side, that they have been a little more of the free agent and spend big and go the free agent route to put their club together? Yeah, I think that's that's accurate. And they've they went hard in over these last couple of years in free agency. And you know, I think you know the, the Seegers and the Simeons and the Degroms and they're John Gray and Eovaldi, the guys that are driving their train. Um, you know, and they've acquired a few really key players in, in trades that nobody would have identified at the time as impact trades. But guys like Nathaniel Lau and they're low and. And uh, uh, Adolis Garcia and Jonah Heim have been awesome for them. It's, uh, there's a lot of different ways to build it. You know, we, we like our model for who we are, for, for our organization, the way we do it, our market, our people. Uh, and they do it their way. And, you know, at the intersection of their way and our way, I, I hope we pass them by. Uh, let's see. I want a bunch more players. I kind of want to go through. Can we do some of these injury updates? Dylan Moore, Andres Munoz, et cetera. Where are we at even just a couple days since Justin gave his update at the beginning of the homestand? Uh, probably not too different than, than where we were when Justin spoke to, to the media on Monday. I think, uh, Demo, he's playing in Tacoma, played last night. His, this recent rehab assignment is only two days old, you know, and I would, caution you know dylan didn't have a spring train and we're now in the third week of may so you know we can we can forecast when he wants to come back or when we'd like him to be back but i think we have to be patient enough to just allow it to develop and you know we have 20 days i don't suspect that we'll take all 20 of those days but we should be patient enough to to allow the, the ship to get out in the water before we make too quick a decision and uh you know mooney's throwing comfortably he's been in a great position as i mentioned last week since he receive that PRP injection and he's tracking very well. I, I, he had a spring training and, and a startup into the season. I don't think it will take quite as long. Our hope is that, that Mooney is, is able to join the club uh, maybe closer to this next road trip sometime on the next road trip. But again, it, it, we can see the light at the end of the tunnel for both he and Penn Murphy, which I think is, is also an exciting development for us and what that brings to the depth of our pitching staff. You mentioned the red light, green light. I kind of like that. That's easy to, to follow as far as just, uh, you know, the, the pitch efficiency and effectiveness. Man, it looked like last night Matt Brash's stuff was as green as I have seen it. I mean, it was 99. It was movement. It was filthy. And then there's a bleeder here and a hard hit ball kind of there. And, and uh, where do you feel like Matt's at right now with his command and his stuff? Uh, his stuff is as good as it gets, and uh, it's it, it'd be hard to imagine, you know, the, the fastball slider curveball combination of Matt Bratch, anybody in baseball having any better stuff. And you know, he's he's pitched in incredibly poor luck <laughs> all season long, and and that's really part of it. So when when you look at Matt similarly, you're going to open up, and his his underlying is bright green. You know, last year or last night he gave up a couple of bleeders. I think. 
some of you know what you saw last night was that was awesome locations on awesome stuff and then he made a couple of you know middle of the plate two strike pitches and mm-hmm. um you know so while no one hit the ball hard per se it last night i think was more a reflection of two pitches that hit the middle of the plate and this is the big leagues but um you know i think when matt is doing what matt does which is almost every other day it's it's almost impossible to imagine how he could give up multiple hits in an inning he's striking out about 18 per nine. He's, he's reeled in his walk rate. His command has improved significantly year over year. And you now he's, he's got the stuff and from in stretches is the most dominant reliever in the league. Now we just have to develop the, the consistency and frankly, get a better roll of the dice sometime to make him feel better about the result because you know, the process has been mostly excellent. It's got to be so hard to convince major leaguers, especially young ones, that the process can be just as important as the result. And I, and I think about kind of where Julio's been at this year. I think about Kelnick and what he's done uh, to kind of get over that hump and, and just how casually he seems to be swinging at times and how much better contact he's been making. Uh, we got a chance to see both those guys have three hits in a game together for the first time. Did that get your mind kind of thinking about the future of, of how it was always supposed to be with these two young stars? Yeah, I guess my mind never stops thinking about that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've, I, I've seen it in, in virtually every thought that, that I've had around the Mariners since you know December of 2000. Uh, I guess it would have been 2018. It, we are, we are, really so much further along than than most would recognize in in how strong a foundation we have a chance to build and and back in 18 when we started this process at the end of that season you know this is what it was about was getting to this outcome you good young players who drive a championship quality major league club and and while we may not have played like that for the month of april i do think we're trending and, you know, our young players are, once again, they are keys, and, and they're driving it. Julio has played very well this homestand. Jared's been our best player all season long, and our pitching staff continues to dominate, and it's all guys that are in their, their young, mid-20s that, that we've been talking about for years, and to see them deliver uh, is, is exciting. And, and as you know, dating back to that time, when we, when we talked about this version or iteration of the Mariners, we always talked about JK, about Julio, about Logan and George, about the, like what you're seeing now. And, and uh, you know, along the way, there were some bumps in the roads. There were some changes. There were some new acquisitions. And, and I think for the most part, what this week or, or the start of the, this, this homestand has, has really illustrated is just how close we are to a breakthrough. And, you know, and I say that coming off of a 90 win playoff season and, and, you know, trending in the month of May, we've still not broken through to be the team that we can be. But I think we're starting to see glimpses of what that looks like. Jerry, and I think some would argue that, man, if a few of these free agent acquisitions, right, a few of these offseason moves can just do what they've done in the past, right, uh, combined with some of these young guns, you may take that next step and that next step above and be in a World Series contender. Are the underlying factors there with Teo? Salk's really bothered by me because I've kept up to date on his 10 to 1, you know, strikeout to walk right now, which is not going to obviously sustain. It will change. Are there underlying factors you're seeing from Teoscar that are pointing in the right direction? 
Yeah, just how hard he hit the ball, you know, and and for you know for the the critics or the pundits who would point to the to the offseason acquisitions or the free agents, you know, scant as they may have been, <laughs> the, you know, we've 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 added players to the roster who've just not produced the way that they've generally produced in their careers, and you know, and part of our struggle has been that, but not all of our struggle, and. You know, as we as we continue to work through the season, and you know, especially as we watch a guy like Teo, the thing with Teo is he still hits the ball hard. And I think he said it in his post game last night uh, down in the clubhouse. It's all about swinging at the right pitches. And you know, when he swings so easy, hits the ball effortlessly so far, we just have to get him in his good place. And and he has a history of once he gets hot, it's torrid hot, and and he stays there for a while. And no, we, we've seen signs. We've seen seven and ten game stretches from him. And, you know, when he starts contributing like he contributes, and if it runs in conjunction with, you know, the versions we're seeing right now of Cal and, and the, the, the uptick with Julio and where J.K.'s been throughout, and it's 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 pretty exciting thing to, to think about what our lineup could be. And, and, and Teo is a big part of it. Well, and shame on all of us, because every time we have these conversations, I put myself specifically in this category. I just keep forgetting to mention JP, and that's not fair. I mean, he's really had a really nice start to this season. He moved up to the leadoff spot and it has not changed him at all. He's really just sort of continued to do what he was doing. The defense is back to where it was. Jerry, how important is JP to what you do every day? You've you've heard me ring this bell for every off-season interview, every really since JP's arrival with the Mariners. There are things that he does on a baseball field. There is a consistency that he brings to the table. And, and some years it might result in a two-win player in, in war value, and some years it might be three and a half. You know, but he feels the grounders. He throws them to first base. He, he's the guy you want them to hit the ball to when the game is on the line. He gives you a quality at bat virtually every time he steps in the box. He has a knack for coming up with the big hit, despite the fact that, you know, offense is maybe not his biggest calling card. And when you look up at the end of the year, he's above average on base. He's an above average to feel to hit guy. He is one of the, the harder guys in the league to strike out. And and again, you can't really, I, I know clutchiness is, is not really a statistic of note. He tends to be very clutch for us. And, and when you add all those things up, it's, it's not as easy as saying, boy, we should go sign X free agent and just boot him because that is critical to good team and, and part of the vibe of our team, like the, the flow of our team flows through JP. And, and those, are, those are things that you just can't get beyond. The, 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 the value that he brings to us is, is beyond what you see in a stat sheet. It's, it's all, you can hit him ninth, you can hit him first, you can hit him third, and he, he just does the job. And, and uh, you know, it's, JP doesn't stand out as the superstar that some of the guys that were floating around the market JP is a really good player in our league who makes a really good team go. I feel I felt bad for you this week, Jerry. I, I really did. I, I started feeling bad for you. You spent all this time, all this energy on your pizza oven and all, all right. of the all of the pizzas that go in. Yep. And then, you know, when they have room to add another pizza spot at T Mobile up in the three hundred level, did yep. they call Jerry to say, Hey, why don't you bring your pizza oven in and show us what you got? No, they go with this Moto pizza out of Detroit, you know, the Detroit style. Yep. How did you take that? Was it was there are you offended? Do you go to Trevor Gooby and sort of, you know, get after him a little bit? Like what 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 happened? behind the scenes 
I was a little bit disappointed that I wasn't able to put, you know, that part of my skill set to greater use. But I, I will say that that having gotten a sneak peek or a sneak bite, as it were, at the Moto Pizza, and also having explored it, you know, in my culinary, uh, <laughs> I guess, trip around the Seattle area in January, we we, we did the Moto Pizza wow. thing, and, and you know, it, it was uh, it is. I, and last night, the, the birthday dinner was a special delivery moto pizza wow. to, to the box to watch the game. And it's uh, it's delicious. If you get the chance to go up there, there's there's something about the crust. And <laughs> you know, there's a, whatever dough they've got rolling, I, yeah. I would love to tell you that I can re- replicate that in the backyard. No. And, and maybe I'll just have to heist their starter to do it. Mm. But I'll try well, I, I, I've ordered mine. I ordered mine a month and a half ago. It'll be here in July, so I, I'm looking forward to trying it in two months when I finally get the chance. Jerry, nice to see the team rolling a little bit. We'll talk to you next week. All right, guys. We'll see you.